Hello, welcome to another Imbibe with the Tribe brought to you through the Thinkers Workshop. My name is Micah Gadia. I'm joined today by several members of our workshop and co-joined with um, co-hosting with Sean. Um, Today we're talking about continuous improvement. If you find that other people are talking, that is perfectly okay. We've got many guests and we might have more join us later. This is being video recorded and audio recorded, and you can get those in the Thinkers Workshop or through our private podcast feed. Uh, First, I want to find out how Sean Jackson is doing today. Sean, how are you? Well, since I live in Texas, a lot better now that we have, you know, the basics like power and water and heat. So You guys are back and you guys have water now. We're back. Water? It's 75 degrees. You would never oh, know that there was a snowstorm that shut down the entire state just a couple of weeks ago. But yes, you love weather. It's awesome. Um, today, I'm really excited about continuous improvement. Um, I have wanted to talk about this for a while, but every time I researched it, I was overwhelmed with all of the technology and the um, kind of competing information on it. So I found six steps of continuous permit that I'm excited to share. Um, They are not through Six Sigma. They are not through Kaizen. It is literally just called continuous improvement. So I'll get to it in a second. Um, Six Sigma is awesome. My brother actually was certified Six Sigma. And that is simply a process improvement to get to. So you have an endpoint, you have a goal, and you try to get within a certain percentage of that goal. So you try to get the perfect, perfect, perfect solution as far as just in time, you know, delivery systems, cost, uh, resources, et cetera. Um, Kaizen, I learned Kaizen by saying, if you want to work out, if you want to, uh, get in shape, just stand on a treadmill. Like if you're doing nothing, Kaizen was like, just, just stand on the treadmill. That's it. That's your first step. And so Kaizen typically is a series of tiny steps to get you where you want to go, to get you to the solution. Um, when I looked up Kaizen, there are three pillars. There are four principles. There are five elements. There are so many different things to Kaizen. Many of them I found contradicted each other. Um, I do want to share very quickly five elements that I liked that you can kind of piece out for your own life and your own business. And I really think of, as, as I was studying this, I feel like these are for organizations, but our families are organizations. Like I know I can use some of these processes with my own children and I can use them for, you know, improving processes in my home. So five elements of Kaizen, teamwork, uh, personal discipline, which I loved, uh, um, improved morale, quality circles, which is kind of just like what we're doing now. We're, we're going to open up um, a topic and then we're going to talk about it and find our best solutions for what could work for us. And then the fifth element is suggestions for improvement. So now I'm going to get into what I want to talk about today. This is six steps for continuous improvement. Um, Number one, identify the improvement opportunity. Okay. What do you want to fix? What do you want to change? What's not working for you where you want to go? Number two, analyze it. Look at it from every single angle. And one of the things is looking at root causes. So the example that I've used as I gone through this is doing my dishes. I think I've talked about this on <laughs> this show before. I want to do my dishes every night. That doesn't always happen. Some of the root causes, though, are very emotional for me. When I was being raised, dishes was a supercharged uh, process. And so I've had to deconstruct a lot of the emotional attachment that I had 
to doing dishes. And so that's been super helpful. So number two, analyze. Number three, take action. Think about what you want, figure out what's not working, what's the causes, whatever, and then plan and implement corrections along the way. Number four, study those results. Number five, standardize your solution. So once you got something like for me, it's rinse the dishes when you're done with dinner. Like it seems so simple, but it's a standardized process I can use to help me get to my goal quicker. Um, And then the sixth one is just plan for the future. And so those are the six steps we're going to talk about. You know, we can, we can dive deeper into those, but those six steps I believe if you actively implement them and work on them, and it's so funny because continuous improvement, I'm like, it is continuous. So it's like continuous, continuous improvement. So, so opening up, let me, let me hear right. you, Sean. <laughs> all righty, Micah. I'm going to always take the contrarian view just because oh. I always, I always <laughs> like, you know, being that guy, you know, <laughs> but here's the thing. I, you know, okay. I think one of the things that missing, missing is the desire to want to be better, right? I mean, you know, I think you have to want to be better. And to me, it's always probably the hardest thing because some people just don't care. So I'm going to put on the first list that you have to want to have something you want to get better at, you know? And so to me, I just find so often, especially with my kids, like, you know, I'm trying to get them to, you know, you know, practice, practice, practice. Well, you got to want to practice, right? If you want to get good at something, there's lots of ways to get good at something. But if you don't have the desire, I don't care if you're standing on the treadmill, you're just going to stand there. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to be that guy that says you have to have that passion because I think once you have the passion, you will get through every other step. I think that's the heart of it. But I could be wrong or maybe I'm just missing the bigger picture. So I think we should open it up. We have some great brain power on here. So if anybody wants to chime in, please go ahead and do so. Were they chiming in? Now, now, there we go. The only, the only thing I say is that I, on my background, I used to um, run a, a big department for a Japanese bank. And Japanese bank, of course, Kaizen is what. Oh, yeah. Bank. Oh, yeah. That's where it started. Everything has to be methodological. Everything has to be consent, everything. So it's like, it is to get basically to make one decision might take two weeks. And that's why we could never compete with the US company. <laughs> <laughs> that's a side of the cell. I used to be the head of the department. So one of the things that, uh, you know, I wanted to keep happy employees. That was my main mission to keep, especially young millenniums that came out of school mm-hmm. and they have, you know, have a different expectation like in my old days in the eighties, which is you got to work, you got to shut up and move on. Yeah. There's life balance. They have concepts like that. So they're constantly, uh, they're constantly actually, uh, looking, they're constantly asking themselves every morning, is this the job I want to do, basically? No. So for me, I was <laughs> going to try to convince them and try to f- go into their brain to see how they think. So I will ask them three questions. And those three questions will tell me if they're happy. Okay. And usually I'm giving the questions because we can use the questions into how, how to make someone happy. So the first question is, it's more like a trend analysis, if you will because I do the same thing. I teach finance. He says, are you, are you better off from when you started? Are you continue developing your career? I don't want to have someone got stuck in a career because at the end of the day, they're going to get bored and leave. Are they constantly learning every single day? Of course, the zest of life is continue learning. So you get more motivated to do more every day. So that was my first question, like more like a trend. 
are they getting better every day in their lives, in their careers and everything else? The second question I'll ask them, which is a human nature, is to compare ourselves with everyone else, right? I may be doing better, but I see John out there. We started at the same time. He looks smarter than me. I don't know. He's doing better than me or whatever. So I always try to figure out, are you, how are you doing with versus anyone else? And if, if I see some, some disappointment in them, I say, okay, what can I do for you? Maybe I can train you. Maybe I can move you and get more exposure, some of the things. So, so I'm trying to figure out how they feel because we get disappointed all the time because we can compare ourselves all the time. The, gra- the grass is always greener. We always compare ourselves and put ourselves down because we want to see we should be there, everyone else is there and everything else. So I want to find out a little bit if they're happy on that sense. And the mm. third question is like, are, are, we, are we meeting the expectation? Because we always set expectations for a career, new job, new wife, <laughs> whatever. The yeah. expectation is always there. And sometimes we get disappointed because the expectation is not met or the expectation is too high. <laughs> so we want to see how far are you with expectation. And of course, if you met your expectation, if you see your development and you're doing as well as everyone else, then you're going to keep your job. You're going to continue with that. So with that concept or those three questions, then you can assess anything, right? Any, anything. Mm. Chris, I really like what you just said, because that goes to kind of my point about the desire, right? How do you measure desire in people? And that's, that's a really, really strong, powerful point. You must be a professor somewhere, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, I think we could take those three questions, like, like you and I work together. It's on the analyze thing. On the second one, probably you can put those questions. Yeah. You, it says you identify, right. you know, and then you analyze. Maybe that's how it's a measurement of analysis. What am I now? Am I doing it? Do I have to pivot? Do I have to change my life to fit something else? Whatever. So you always analyze after you set yourself a goals, right? You analyze where you are and what can you do if to change it, basically. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, but he also brings up a good point, especially about the Japanese, because, you know, Japanese were highly influenced by Drucker, right? You know, and his yeah. uh, concepts of, you know, the uh, process management and, you know, production management. Right. But, you know, the, the one thing that the Japanese do or did, I'm sure they still do, but some cultures, even here, is this constant desire to measure everything. And I think that right there scares people to death, I right? You know, that I, you know, that, that, that ability to look into yourself and literally measure yourself against your peers, where you expect to be and put some sort of quantifiable information with it. That's, that's really scary for a lot of people because it does remove a lot of the preconceptions that we put around our lives to justify whatever it is that we felt we haven't achieved. And that to me is tough for a lot of people to come through. Well, not to mention the difficulty in actually measuring it. You know, yeah. so for me, you know, I'm, and I'll keep yeah. going back to the dish dish yeah. example because it works for me very well. It, are, are my dishes done at night? Am I happy? Am I so elated when I wake up in the morning? That's easily measured. Um, how happy someone is or or if they're um, how how they compare to someone else, I think is way more difficult to measure. Yeah. You know, because like we have our own schema, like where are we coming from? in relation to others mm. versus, you know, how someone else like me, I'm happy gypsy girl. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm doing great, even though someone else is making more money than me or whatever. No. You know, I, I do my expectation based on happiness. 
you know. Are you gypsy enough though? Are you measuring the I, amount of gypsiness that you are here? No, no, I am not. Yeah, are I'm you in a traveling caravan? Yeah. So I think that the measurement is difficult when we're looking yeah. at this continuous improvement. Yeah. You know, the measurement part, um, I have some, I went actually, I left the bank about two years ago. I gave my last bow to the Japanese. I worked there for 20 years and um, it was on Monday. I remember. So on Sunday I went to church. I don't go to church that often, but once I go there, I, I hear the message and leave. So the priest, the Greek priest came out and just said, and actually made an impression on me and I was when I left the bank the next Monday I actually used the message the priest gave me so awesome. basically he went up and said he just yelled for about 100 patrons there 100 into the churches who from you is the richest I want to see who's the richest here of course nobody's going to do this you know it's the humble who from you actually is the most intelligent here and then the third question who has the most connections and he says, unfortunately, that's how we measure each other. Yeah. He has more money. The guy's well-connected with the government. He finished Harvard Business School. But nobody's asking who's the happiest because that's not happiest. And it has some correlation with all the three I just mentioned. But it's not the uh, all, all in B. It's not everything. So happiness was the guy that hit me. And I said, okay, I worked 30 years for this bank, basically. Right. Am I happy? Well, really, I could do something else. I mean, it's kind of, I got through the the growing pain of, you know, providing for my family. They all are in college. They all finished. So I'm going to do it myself now. It's 57 years old. I want to just stop now. I can't continue this corporate banking world anymore. So it gave me a little bit of a perspective of things. If you now, have, yeah. Would you say happy or fulfilled? Well, for happiness, actually, he actually used the Greek Sophia, which means wisdom. Actually, mm. wisdom. Who's the most has most wisdom? But wisdom mm. is such a big word. Wisdom doesn't mean intelligence. Wisdom is about knowing mm. life and how you live. So mm. that's the wisdom I talk about. It could be fulfilling. It could be happy, and some people define happy different. It's something that you there is a purpose of living. I guess. Yeah. Hey, Chris, I have a question for you. How? Yeah. What was the difference in your emotional state? Um, after you go to church and before you put in your, and after you put in your resignation? Uh, well, I was thinking all night. It was a Sunday night. And, and I knew that I was, I already set up, a, I was already on my way out because I was going to okay. ask for retirement. So, but I didn't know that my words, because very difficult to, to quit the Japanese. So I was going to talk to the CEO at the time. I had a very high position. So they were very surprised. So I walked into the room and I says, you know, Mr. Kubo, Kubo-san, I think I'm done. I appreciate I've done everything I could. And, uh, and so I they gave me, I gave them another month. That was my day that I announced that I'm going to be on my way out. So I have to transition. I stay another month with them. But the, the state of mind, I, I felt actually good that I had something to say at least. Instead of saying, and I give them this exactly what I said. I said, I went to a church yesterday. <laughs> and they liked it. The guy liked it, actually. <laughs> if you're going to go out. Day, go out like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let me, we only have 10 more minutes. I That's do want to, I, I want to make sure that I get one question in. I feel like it's very important for anyone who is here, um, but also for anyone who is listening or watching later. Um, what is something in your life right now? It can be personal. It can be family. It can be your business or organization, um, that you want to work on improving. 
What's one Ooh. thing that you're really committed to working on improving right now? Well, I'll go first so that Dan, who's on the call, uh, who's our, uh, the Dan that's always with us, I'll let him have some time in as well as Glenn, but I'll start with that. I would say that for me personally, there are things that I don't know that I really, really want to spend more time getting to know. And I think that's, for me, part of that commitment is, one, defining what it is that I want to know. And certainly, a lot of it is related to, you know, how we're growing our business because, you know, I am a businessman um, and how to bring people into us. Um, And I think part of that, it's funny because the routine to support that desire for me starts at 6 a.m. because I am up. I am ready. I am in the, you know, in my workspace, my office, ready to to engage before anything else comes out there. And that's a big part for me is to find out the things I don't know about our business and figure out how to make them better. But I can't do that until I discover them. So I spend a lot of time thinking about what we're doing, looking at data points, and then trying to come up and test ideas towards, you know, improvement. The, the challenge becomes is putting myself into the right environment. And I find that for me, it's putting a routine behind it. I will do this, right. you know, much like your dishes, right? Standardized. You just, you just have to. <laughs> and it's like working out. It's like anything else, you know, yeah. it's going to suck and then it'll get better over time. Mm-hmm. But accept the fact that yep. you're going to suck at it. And I did. Now I'm feeling very confident about it. That's, that's the, what I'm focusing on personally. Dan, oh. you have anything to share? Man, what's your one thing you want to focus? Or you're probably focusing on several things, but what's one? (laughs) We know you. What do you got, Glenn? Yeah, Glenn. Glenn, (laughs) Let me think about this for a minute. (laughs) Okay. um, I have a couple of points. Um, If you take those six steps Uh. and look at them individually, you're probably going to prepare your <clears throat> presentation in the library because you're going to look at each one as a category. Yeah. If you take those six steps and look at them as one, you're probably going to be prepared at the end of it to go to the marketplace. Oh, when yeah. you're tired, like I am, I'm looking at those six and I'm seeing one. And if I'm in a particular environment and I need to do something and I know that something is there and everything is there that I need to do it. Now, when I go in there, I do it. I didn't do that before because I was concentrating on other things and I wasn't focused on the right thing. One more thing. That's Um, awesome. One more thing. Um, If you take that first step, Sean, particularly, and you, you don't see it as a task, mm. but you learn to see it as an opportunity, you'll get a lot more momentum. Right. Is Good. that the desire right. step or the identify the opportunity? When The opportunity. When I okay. started writing, I did not realize that the seeds of my writing were planted in 2017. Right. <clears throat> Everything oh, yep. that I wrote in volume one in 2020 was not from 2020. It was that's from 2017. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. All Damn. right. So do you want to share one thing that you're going to improve on now, Glenn? Just keep writing. Got it. 
That's all. There you go. All right, Dan, you're got mine now. All right. Uh, The thing I am focused on right now is, is building better teams. Mm. Oh yeah. You know, we're coming, I mean, we're in 2021 and we are coming out of this environment where everything is, is my performance based. And, and, and we are, we have been for, we have been for some time transitioning to this, um, everything we everything that gets accomplished is is based on the team's performance and mm. uh, I, I'm, I'm focused heavily on on putting the right people on the right team yeah I think that root causes I think that the analysis is going to be mm-hmm. super important for Big you right. Time. <laughs> right and even right. and even Chris. the uh, study results because some people just don't work good together mm-hmm. or work well yes. together yes yes yeah. yes yeah I, I just feel Oh, go ahead. That's my thing. I love it. I love it. Chris? Chris? I like what Dan said, actually, because, you know, if you build a good team, then you look good, too. You, you, <laughs> you can accomplish yep. many things. Uh, I, I used to be, I didn't micromanage at all. I had my guys do everything. But then I look good because the team did well. Uh, <laughs> instead of you taking all the credit, you have to give the credit to everyone else and then help. Mm-hmm. So, um of course, I have. I'm. Uh, I know. Uh, I know. Glenn is writing books. I'm on my third book too. I'm writing books too, but more like finance books, I guess. <laughs> and Columbia University is using one. Fordham University is using my other book. So, so but basically, um, I'm gonna be. I want to be better person. I guess mm. it comes down to very basic. I want to just give as much possible, either my breadth of experience or my. I just want to continue. Giving. I actually, on pandemic, I found in the pandemic, I was sitting home like like everyone else with the same pajamas, pajama pants for months. Okay. And I was trying to figure out what, how can I help? And I started actually a little YouTube, uh, a comedy channel. You know, I, I didn't know I was that funny, but I thought, <laughs> so before you know, you have two and a half thousand followers. Oh. My daily joke. And I love it because I make people laugh, I guess. So I do accomplish that way, I guess. So it's just finding things that you don't know about yourself. It's very exciting. So yeah. it's just basically yeah. that's my, my goal in my retirement for yeah. banking, which every day you're like that, right? You get up, you yeah. get lunch. It's everything is – and then now you know, you reflect. So I, I think probably it. that's one of the hardest it. things to improve on is just to be a better human being. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it is probably the toughest challenge that we as humans face, because it's easy to be better at something, but to be better with others, yeah, that right. really is a, yeah. a, a, a great effort and a really hard one at the same yeah. time. Yes, oh, yeah. it is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you know, and congratulations to you who are here and who are listening. I, I, as I was getting ready for this, it was kind of like, you know, Sean, we talked about, or you talked about the desire to be better. Anyone who is listening to this imbibe with the tribe is already on their way to self-improvement. They care. You guys, yeah. you know, you wouldn't be here if you didn't yeah. care, yeah. you know, in my opinion. So um, I am going to answer very quickly. Um, I am actually quitting my job tomorrow, Chris. Like, and yes. I, I know my other one. I went to write a speech. <laughs> um, <laughs> my other one. No, I, <laughs> 
Not this one, John. Not this one, Micah. Please clarify that statement. I'm I'm quitting my other job. My other job. I have not felt this happy and hopeful in so long. So I am super grateful that I'm, it is a leap that I'm taking, but um, along with Glenn and Chris, I am in the middle of writing um, a book. I'm probably 70, I would say 70% done with it. Okay, great. Um, Starting on the cover soon. Um, so I'm so excited just to get some excited, but I want to keep writing. Oh my God. Keeping writing. I don't know, Glenn, how you do it. I have to set very, uh, four hours a week. If I do not set that goal for myself with reward, I write zero hours a week. So I have to <laughs> set my goal and then I have to have a reward for myself. So I want to keep doing that. And I actually want to get a book published in 2021. Nailed it. Yeah. So excellent. Yeah. All righty, Thank you all so much for joining us today for our continuous improvement. Next week, I am super excited. Chris, I hope you are here. We will be talking about laughter and the effect. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> my jokes, I guess. The effect that um, comedy and laughing has on our brain and our well-being. So yes. I and am excited. Micah? I want to make two quick plugs before you end the show. Number one, we do have book club tomorrow. Um, That'll be on Thursday, March 4th, 2021. Please come. This is one of Micah's favorite books, and she's going to be leading the uh, book discussion. You do Um, not have to have read the book. You do not. It is a great book, but you will will learn a lot. I I think you'll learn a lot um, even if you haven't read it. And then second, of course, we encourage everyone in the workshop to come and join us on our weekly Imbibe with the Tribe. As you can tell, you know, this is Chris's first time. He's uh, coming to us from, uh, I guess, New York since he's a professor at Columbia. Um, You know, we we love interesting people and we would love for every one of our listeners to come and join us on the show. And even if you have nothing to say, you'll have a great time. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Glenn and Dan, for joining us. Thank you so much. Love, love having you. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you all. This week was continuous improvement. Next week is laughter and gracious knows what we'll do the following week. Thank you for being here and joining us for Imbibe with the Tribe. Thank you. Thank you, thank you guys. Bye-bye.